0: What if every day you had the chance to experience
1: more love and intimacy in your life? We're going to be sharing stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships,
0: along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. Enjoy this podcast with Dawn Richard. Wake up to real love.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Dawn Richard, also known as the Awakening with Dawn. And this is the Wake Up to Real Love podcast, where we share stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. I'm super excited today. I have my new friend, Raditya Lasri, a mindfulness guide, with me. Her passion is to bring mindfulness to you. She finds joy in always redefining her routines. Learning new skills and loves to discover the depth and potential of our body and mind. With a yoga background, interested in deep conversations about life, creating communities, and making art, she encompasses various facets of mindfulness. Welcome, Raditya.
0: Thank you, Dawn. So excited to be here with you.
1: Do I say your name correctly? Perfect. Wonderful. <laughs>
0: Yes, Yay! Lithium, exactly.
1: <laughs> Yay! I, I, yeah, I try. I try to be conscientious about that because I, I would imagine because it's a very unusual name. What, what does it mean? Means sunshine. Oh, and look, you're sitting in the sunshine. I don't. <laughs>
0: I love the sunshine.
1: (laughs) And, you know, I have heard many
0: different versions of my name. So I usually, when people have a difficulty and they want to try a different name, I always told them, call me whatever you want to call me, as long as I know who you're calling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you and you and I connected recently, but you have really beautiful energy. And I know it's related to all of this work that you've done on yourself, you know, your own mindfulness um, routine or lifestyle. It's really probably more a lifestyle, right? Yeah, totally.
0: Uh, I mean, it's definitely a practice in the lifestyle. It's a way of living. Yeah.
1: How long have you been? how long have you been aware of mindfulness and yoga?
0: Well, so I did my teacher training in 2009. So that's 11 years ago. Uh-huh. Um, and I've been teaching, I haven't taught in a yeah. few years now. Uh, but I taught after that for a couple of years, maybe five, six years into that. And um, that's where I started to get into this field with more awareness i did a vipassana meditation retreat um, followed after my yoga teacher training and that was pretty much the setting stones for a practice that i was more aware of but it definitely happened now that i'm like when i talk about my story it goes way past (laughs) Way way back to when I was growing up pretty much yeah
1: what what happened when you were growing up
0: I just realized like for me I was always present in a way not with awareness present but like I was always emotionally connected I would I was just talking in the past few days about this a lot because I have the tendencies to express myself without You know like i have no problem showing vulnerability Mm -hmm. and this was always like this you know when i was growing up i was usually pointed out to not you know i shouldn't be feeling this certain way or i shouldn't you
1: you were told you were too sensitive
0: probably yes (laughs) which caused me to be more aware of it but it didn't change of who i was i was still always still doing it even if people had trouble with it and just recently i realized that when people feel more like an issue with this that it's more their problem with not being able or their challenge to be able to express their emotions as much and so for me it was just normal you know and i think for many people it's very difficult to express ourselves because we never learn uh, how to express and how to feel, and how to, you know, emotions are always like secondary
1: it's It's like people say, "You know, stop crying. Stop crying. What are you crying about? Or you know, or don't get angry. You, you're not allowed to get angry. and so then it's it's um, you're conditioned not to feel because you don't, um, because people aren't as open because of their own inability, right. To express their own emotions. So this is, I think this is a common issue for all women and men, you know, it's like, how, when do we learn to give ourselves permission to actually reconnect with our emotions and, um, and in the body, right.
0: Yeah. And to me, like being in the body is something that we are, but usually not with consciousness Mm -hmm. or awareness. Like we do a lot of people exercise, like I'm doing something with my body. But when we stop and pause and actually feel, let's say we go jogging, like how does it feel? we usually don't go there because, oh, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm sweating, I'm this. But the actual feeling of all the molecules that are being released, for instance, right, like that kind of experience, I feel like would give us so much more insight and information how we're actually feeling. So we only get to the surface of how we're feeling, the way society is helping us (laughs) in that scenario.
1: So how did you learn? to do this for yourself.
0: You mean in which way?
1: Um, like feel it really feeling into your body, even though, even though people outside were saying, stop feeling.
0: I can't say exactly when that was, I think it was just, a you know, like an, a, a lot of unawareness that it was subconsciously happening, mm-hmm. um, I always dance would talk about dancing, you know, like dance was always in my life. And so I feel like I was able to express my emotions through dance Mm -hmm. and singing and all these artistic sides of us. And so I think that's where I see emotions connecting to, you know, how we can express ourselves. So if we're not really like I was lucky to be exposed to art like music painting, drawing, you know, maybe not as a professional way, you know, but I enjoy doing it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just talked, I just talked to, um, an artist yesterday, a painter. And she said, uh, she said, you know, well, um, why, you know, how, how a lot of people say, oh, well, what, you know, who cares about the arts? They're not important. They're not essential. It's like, have you read a book? Have you listened to music? Uh, have you ever danced? (laughs) It's like, these are, these are parts of our creative expression. And I, I personally feel like, um, even, you know, it's, it's not about being a professional or doing it for other people. It's just about expressing an aspect of yourself that may otherwise be hidden and suppressed. It's for you. It's for your own exploration and your own Create creativity. You know, even cooking a meal is creative. Building, um, you know, building a desk is creative. Um, planting a garden is creative.
0: Yeah, I think there is no limitation to what creativity is. And I think to relate it to emotions is just the more we are capable of like being artistic or seeing possibility in what we're doing on the everyday being something artistic is related to how we feel emotionally, Mm -hmm. how we connect with it, how we see it relevant in our lives. And so I guess for a lot of us, again, with unawareness, probably we express the lack of emotions we can share in human Within human beings, like with you, or I mean with you, probably not the problem, it's not gonna be a problem, but with other people <laughs> in society <laughs> who are also feeling a little bit more taken back with emotions, that's when we become the strongest. That's when we are at our best because we all of a sudden release that toxin that we couldn't release before. And I think what I've learned through my practice and also from being really into mindfulness and bringing it to people is that the more we allow all emotions to exist to be able to Accept all the emotions that exist. We get to a place of worthy value and Acknowledgement of how much we are, you know, and I think a lot of times and you know talking about relationships I do feel like that's when we are held back and not being able to open up fully because we're trying to get something from somebody else emotionally, uh, like love, which technically is a simple thing, but can be very difficult if we haven't explored all our emotions. And it's, so I it's, feel like it's that's- simple,
1: It's simple, but it's not easy. Correct,
0: yes, I agree,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. So how do you, okay, so several things. First of all, I have to ask what kind of dance? Because I'm always like, what kind of dance? What kind of dance did you do, Raditya?
0: I actually did all kinds of sort of things. I started off with ballet. My mom signed me up for ballet. I really enjoyed it. But at some point, she's like, you're old enough. You either pay for yourself or you just don't go anymore. So I didn't go anymore. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to put money on this. And so... I really enjoyed hip hop. So I came to the States through dance, actually. So I went to the States because I really enjoyed listening to R&B and I wanted to dance to hip hop. And so that's how I started off. But in the end, you
1: did. Did you? you, I don't think you told me that before.
0: No, I have not. We haven't gotten so deep in conversation yet. (laughs) So I went to Broadway Dance Center in the city. uh, And I really can you came
1: you came from
0: Switzerland.
1: Switzerland. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And that was 17 years ago, 17 and a half years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, and I enjoyed all bands. It's like I signed up for the hip hop classes, but I did tap. I did jazz. I did ballet. And like, you name it, I did it.
1: (laughs) So Belly dance. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, you've done it. Yeah, that's that's my that's my next one that I want to try because I've never done that. Yeah. But um, so so how immersed were you in the dance culture when you moved to New York?
0: Well, it's an interesting one because I mean, coming to this whole conversation with you and why I loved talking with you is because you're talking about relationship and relationship to me relates to love as we just talked yes. about what it is and everything i do is from the heart with love mm. and so when
1: i did this that's, in switzerland, that's why we connected
0: i know this is exactly why <laughs> but when i was in switzerland I, and i loved dancing and somebody's like oh you should do something with dance you know so i was like okay i'll do something with dance Because I thought, you know, I really loved it. And that brought me here. But I didn't have, again, this awareness of what is going on in the dancing world. I came to New York and I was surprised. I was like, oh my God, like, what is this? You know, like there is a whole other world, as you just pointed out, you know, that like that you can't get immersed by. But I was physically not at that stage, and mentally not interested in going that route, because I always had knee issues, for some reason, Mm -hmm. my body just always had something going on. And so I just did it for the fun. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't see it to be something and you know this, right, when you do something professionally, it cannot always be what you enjoy as a hobby, because sometimes they just don't express it the same way and at some point it can become a more, like
1: it can be fun. more like work or like work as opposed yeah. to f- like fun and joyful and playful form of expression
0: yeah and so that's pretty much why i didn't get into that route i just enjoy being around the people that really like i had friends that are you know they did music videos and auditions and god knows what they all did you know performances and they're still very close friends of mine and for Uh, me that was just a step i didn't feel like worth my energy
1: Mm. it's it's weird because when i i wanted to be a dancer um but i had done you know russian jacketti ballet until i was 13 and then i learned about jazz and then i went on a few auditions and after the jazz, after I passed through the jazz phase, it was like, oh, here, now we're going to tap. And I was like, uh, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of the end of my dance career. And, and that was really before hip hop was hip hop. I mean, even though that's how I moved. And so I have this whole like other world of maybe I should have gone to L.A. And, um, you know, because I think that was more the hip hop scene. But at the same time, it's like all of these other things have led me to back to love. And so dance is a huge part of my expression, as well as all of this other stuff, you know, that we're talking about the mindfulness and the presence and the love and the relationships. And um, it's all part of this journey of who I am, you know, and So, yeah. So, so tell me then, so after you decided like, you know, dance is not going to be my world um, was yoga sort of a natural transition? Because I do find a lot of dancers also do yoga.
0: I don't think that that's like, I don't think it went pretty much right from there to there because I 17 years ago is when I did, The dance, and then eleven years ago is when I Mm. got into yoga. Uh And the time between that is, so I met my husband when I came to the states, about six months into my stay Uh in the states. Uh And it only happened, and again, it's like the craziest story in my mind because it's just like, who are you gonna meet in a bar? You know, and um, yes, we did meet in a bar in New York (laughs) City, in Chinatown, like all of all places. Mm. And so he kind of brought me to stay in the States Uh. and we then engaged in a relationship, you know. And so
1: he was the he was the first and only boyfriend you had when you moved here.
0: Uh, I wouldn't say, I mean, boyfriend, like serious boyfriend, yes, I would say. Oh, wow. I mean, there were some other things between, but like those don't count, but yes.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> wow. So how did you, um, yeah, so how did you choose him? How did you choose him? What do you love about him?
0: Oh, there's just so many things. So the first day I met him in that bar, he ended up driving my friend and I home. Uh-huh. So just imagine you're in 2003, in the middle of a city that you don't barely know, that's pretty much a s- <laughs> capital of the world, right? right? And you're just getting into a car with some stranger, you're just, <laughs> I'm just thinking Mana, out you're, loud.
1: I'm you're, like, very, <laughs> you're very trusting Raditya. <laughs>
0: I just, and now I married him. So I know it was a good decision. (laughs) And again, I just follow my heart. I follow my guts and trust myself that I'm making good decisions. I'm not suggesting that when you meet someone to get into a car with them. (laughs) But if you feel like, if you know that your intuitions are good, if you know that you have a good sense of being and knowing yourself, then that might be a good decision. It has been a good decision for me. And what uh-huh. caused this to happen is that we drove. and why I'm going to that day, because that marks the conversation till today, because we were in the car together and I just shared with him my favorite car. I don't know why we talked about this and why we're actually, I mean, why we're talking here, I know, but it's just like something straight. Like, why would you talk about a favorite car? But I love cars. I grew up loving cars through my parents and, or my dad, I should say. And then I just described it. My favorite car its a Porsche Carrera 4S. It's going to be dark blue with a 10 interior. And he is a car guy. I mean, how did I know? Right. And for him, a Porsche, that particular car, a girl who knows exactly what that car should look like. Uh He's like,
1: Who who are you? Who are you?
0: (laughs) She's the one. And to put the icing on the cake, he's born in Switzerland.
1: You're kidding. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy.
0: So that's pretty much all I have to say. (laughs) not to say that there weren't any struggles along the way, which we'll probably get into, but that was just setting the stage. You know, it was just like this all or nothing,
1: you know? Uh uh huh. Wow. So how, how is he different than other people that you've dated?
0: I don't know about different. I think a lot of it is very similar. He, I mean, very like superficial things or like, things that you notice is like he's very language um diverse in languages he speaks a lot of languages which i love i love languages um he is open-hearted he's a very very good person and everybody is like he's such a good guy he's just so full of love you know and he's so giving and knowing his mom now for the past 17 years is just another testament why he has such a good heart and Mm -hmm. he's just a very dedicated person you know he wasn't sure if this is going anywhere and I was just like this is nine months from now or six months from now we're gonna worry when that comes like for right now I don't care. We're doing this. And if I have to leave, I have to leave and then we'll figure it out. And then we go from there. And that was that. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, so I think he was, it, I think it's just the, the, the type of person he is that I just saw, but it wasn't like, I couldn't have said it then I couldn't have said it. Like, Oh, these are the things I love about him. It was just the aura or yeah.
1: And how you felt around him.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I, I feel like when you have when you have good quality relationships, that they help you be your best self. They also cha- they also challenge you to be your worst self, <laughs> right? They do. But yeah. they also they also help you be your best self. You know that that when you feel supported and held and honored, you know, just for who you are, that it allows you to, to um, fall apart and also stand up in your greatest, you know, strength.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think about it many times because I feel like the way he is as a person, just in general, just who he is and made me end up to being in mindfulness in the first place, because I feel like he just was able to give me that room to explore and go. And he just trusted just as much. monster so trusted, getting into his car, <laughs> he's trusting me to making the right choices and the going the right directions. And the one thing I always found funny, he he's a person who just likes to debate, like, is this a good decision? Can I, you know, go about this? And like thinks very thoroughly about even buying something, you know, like it's just thoughtful, Like reading reviews, you know, things like that. And I always told myself, like, if somebody who takes such a long time to make a decision but like, which one should I buy, like an item, that he chose me to be Mm. on his side, just means so much to me that I just have to live up to myself's worth, you know,
1: Wow, that's beautiful. And so then you also have a beautiful expression of your love running around somewhere.
0: Yes, he's in school today. But <laughs>
1: oh, okay. <laughs> how, how old is your son again? He's six. Yeah, so cute. So that. So, do you find that, um, well, let me just ask you, what lessons have you learned since you've had a child?
0: Well, I think the lesson I've learned goes back to when we committed to get married with my husband first i think that's where the bigger lesson came from that i learned today and the lessons i've learned when i was growing up as a child that i want to do like i always grew up saying like i want to do exactly what my parents are doing uh the only difference is that i want to hear what my child is telling me and try to read between the lines mm. and not just take in what I
1: hear. You you felt like that was something that your parents did. They just sort of took you at face value.
0: Yeah, like what we talked about with the emotions at the beginning, right? They just saw how I expressed myself, not really either because they didn't understand that there is something below it or they didn't have the energy to go below it, or they just didn't know, as many people don't know. And I feel like that just made me realize that how much can be gained from understanding more about what the person is about so that in the future you're building that trust and understanding and acknowledgement
1: from the Mm get-go. So how do you, how do you build trust? By trusting yourself. And how do you do that?
0: by understanding that when you make a mistakes that you still are good enough. I think that's one of the lessons I've learned is I never saw that something that didn't work out for giving up, but actually as an opportunity to do more of it.
1: Okay. What do you mean by that?
0: I just feel like when we, like trust has different facets, right? Like trust is like trusting in people trusting in decisions that i'm making trusting in like living in the right places and it, i think it goes back to just the basics of trusting in my mind means getting out of your comfort and allowing something else coming in
1: like relinquishing your sense of control and attachment to some preconceived idea or expectation yeah, pretty much anything. Yes. Don't about you feel like this, this whole year has been about that? <laughs>
0: I guess for most people, it's a, it was definitely a learning lesson that we can't be, like, I feel like and using, okay, let's use this past year as an example, right? If I trust myself, that I am making the best decision that I can make. That I don't have to point a finger or blame or shame anybody outside myself for not doing the things that they should be doing.
1: Should be doing according to whom?
0: To myself. And so if I understand that I do whatever I can do, like, okay, let's go back to, What lessons have I learned from having a child, right? If I trust that I am leading with grace, with dignity, with love, with acknowledgement, you're not guaranteed to receive the acknowledgement in return or saying like, yeah, mom, you're doing this, right? No, it's not happening. (laughs) No. I don't know how long it will take. You have teenagers and older.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I think, so, I think sometimes now I'm, I'm going, oh, I really need to tell my parents some stuff about how much I appreciate them. <laughs> it's like this ongoing thing, you know, you don't, you don't recognize sort of the humanity of your parents and the fallibilities of your parents. You know, they're just humans like you are. Exactly.
0: And that's what I've learned. And just this morning, it happened, for instance, right? We had, I woke up 6.45, I do my thing, I want to meditate. And then he woke up at seven, which is like into my meditation. And then I do some yoga. And then I'm not done with my things in the morning, I should have probably woken up earlier. But if you don't use an alarm clock, it's rather hard to define what that time is. Well, I guess, Don, for you, that would be a different (laughs) difficulty. But I think it's like under like and then he was coming and then he was acting out, like, mm. like in a way it's like gaining my attention. He's like throwing things at me, trying, you know, I mean he's six. It's like okay, throwing things like a stuffy and whatever not, and I keep saying like, wait a minute, I'll be right down, blah, blah, blah. and it just doesn't resonate with them. I mean, their prefrontal cortex is not evolved; they just have no understanding of consequence. They don't understand what they might do, but they don't. And so, I just this morning I had to remind myself I have to prioritize him, give him the attention that he needs but acknowledge that I need some time for myself. That is a specific time. And then we have a specific time around it. And that if I trust, if I believe that this is the right right way to go, he will then follow into that trust as well Mm. that, okay, maybe I didn't do all the things that I should be doing. And I'm not saying that it always works out well, but at least it's setting the stage. It's setting, you know, I love how we like went from dancing to setting the stage, but that's literally (laughs) what it is, you know? And it's a play, it's a play. We can't see things too seriously. And he's like acting out and like, okay. And then one thing I know is just to trust that I'm going to the right, I'm not giving in into that conversation, into his own conversation. And so what it is and what I'm, what we're getting at is that I have to know what's right for me. I have to know how I love myself. I have to know how I can trust myself fully with no excuses, just trust. And even if things don't go right, as an example, this morning it turned out to be great, but only because I was able to just focus on myself again, not giving my attention to his storyline or whatever is going on in his head. Because what happens when we do that, I witnessed it many times before, is that we get into this whir- uh, whirlwind.
1: Whirlwind, yeah.
0: And you're not going to get out of it because who's going to stop, right? So if one person doesn't get into it- The it's parent,
1: condition. the parent, <laughs> the parent. Yes.
0: <laughs> That's so true. The parents, and sometimes it's so hard, right? But
1: but some, but because sometimes I think a lot, well, I think a lot of times, you know, we feel like this, we just want to be a six-year-old kid and, you know, kick and scream and throw a temper tantrum, like, leave me alone. Right? Exactly. Exactly.
0: And I think it's such a wonderful Like, even though it's sometimes emotionally draining, (laughs) it's wonderful to see how it can come out of it that sometimes just deviating my focus to myself. what What do I have to do right now? What do I need to accomplish right now can help everybody in the situation?
1: But I, th- I think a lot of times raditya and I don't know if this is as true for men as, as it is, as I feel like it is for women, but women, a lot of times say, well, if I'm, if I'm looking at myself saying, you know, well, what do I need to do to take care of myself? It's like, oh, well, you're just being selfish.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: And so, and so we need to become more aware of our own conditioning, you know, like this, I have to sacrifice every part of me in order to serve everybody else's needs. Because then basically, you're saying that your needs are not important. And I, I always say that, you know, you have to fill your own tank because no car can run on empty. No car can run on empty. And so if I'm not filling my tank in a way that it's not like, you know, it's not like, I, it's not like you're telling your son, go away. I'm not going to hang out with you. You know, I'm not going to acknowledge you all day. I'm not going to pay attention to you all day. But mama needs 30 minutes to herself or whatever your time range is so that you can nourish yourself. You know, how can you nourish other people if you yourself are not nourished?
0: And what's interesting with that conditioning is if you condition it that way, right? If you set that up that way, the people around you will respect you for it and they will appreciate when you do come back with full presence.
1: Full presence. That's it. I mean, that I feel like is... The key because I mean, it, it, it all ties together, right? The mindfulness, the awareness, the consciousness, the the giving yourself the things that you need in order to show up as the best version of yourself. you know, because when we deplete ourselves, it's like, I'm cranky, I'm impatient, I get easily frustrated. You know, I'm not giving you my best either. And so, especially to teach our kids, I mean, I I remember this when, um, when my kids were little and I was dancing two nights a week, I think. And my daughter, she was, you know, maybe three and she's like, mommy, don't go to dance. You know, why do you have to go to dance? And I said, do you like it when mommy's happy? (laughs) Or do you like it when mommy's in a bad mood? (laughs) I like it when mommy's happy. I said, well, when I go to dance, it makes mommy feel happy. Okay, mommy, go to dance, go to dance. (laughs) And this is, this is all, this is all of us. It's a lesson to learn to take care of ourselves, that taking care of yourself is the greatest gift that you can give somebody else. Yeah. And
0: the best part about this conversation, having this conversation with you right before Christmas, the holiday season, um, to me, I mean, I don't know when that comes out, but like <laughs> around this time that happens every year, we always focus so much on the present we are giving, presents that we're giving, instead of the present that we can be giving. Mm-hmm.
1: You hear <laughs> my difference. It's the the present, the present, t <laughs> that you give to somebody as a gift um, is is not as meaningful as your presence, s e n c e presence that you give with uh, your full attention and your full um, opened heart and your full um, love. You know, like the more nourished you are, the more that you can embody this sense of love and connection with somebody else. And that's the gift. And that's the ultimate gift. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But it starts with you giving that presence, CE, to yourself.
0: Yeah, and it's very difficult, you know, it is not an easy thing to do. But once you get used to it, and the surroundings will accept it, they will tell you and remind you that you haven't done this. Hmm. So that if you forget, you'll have a whole system around you that will remind you, hey, how about taking a few minutes to yourself, right? It might come across a little bit like who's me to tell what I'm supposed to do kind of feeling. But when we listen to it clearly, it's like, no, they got it. They understand it. Because now sometimes when I say like, I just have to do a few work, like work for like 10 minutes. Okay, go, go, go. You know, because he knows once I have did that work, I can be there with him. Because yeah. who, who, like kid or not kid, wants to have you half there, right? While you're huh, still doing something. Huh? huh. Exactly. <laughs> Like who wants that? Nobody wants that. Even us as grownups, we don't no. want that. No. And so it starts with us to show that we can do it without it, that we can give full attention to them and vice versa. You know?
1: Yeah. And, and I think too, especially showing your kids that it's a better way of relating to other people, you know, so that when, when you're, kids get into various relationships whether it's with their friends or with a future partner it's like that that you create a, um, a more balanced way of being in the world you know showing up for yourself and nourishing yourself and doing doing things that fill you up so that you can show up and participate in a more um, <sighs> with more to give, you know, with more to give. And, you know, so that you, so that you teach your kids the sense of balance, like, I need to take care of myself in order to be fully present with you. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your project that you've been working on, your, your parent, your mindful parenting.
0: Yes, yeah, so I'm very, very excited about this new. I mean, new. It's been now a couple months that I've had these workshops. It's the Mindful Parent Workshop series that, over the course of the year, I'm focusing on different subjects. Uh, currently, it's the Aware Parent. In January, we are starting with the adapted parent, and then we have the listening parent. We have the communicative parent, the emotional parent. And so it's all specific aspects in our life, the focused parent, right, that we can address and look at three, like it's three days in a month, three Tuesdays from 8.15 p.m. Eastern time for an hour where we meet where we talk, where I bring in some skills. And what I'm really excited about is like, one, I'm going through it as everybody else is going through it. And
1: me guiding you- You're on the same journey.
0: Same journey. (laughs) And so just because I'm guiding you doesn't mean my life is perfect, right? But what it teaches me is that we have these challenges and these challenges are lifetime challenges. They're mm. not challenges that I can take on today and say like, okay, how can I handle this? And then tomorrow it's fixed.
1: Right. I, know. I used to, I used to tell my, I used to tell my clients, like I pick up my magic wand. Oh, poof, it's done.
0: <laughs> there you go. We wish, but in the end, it also wouldn't be as exciting actually
1: um, I don't know about not as exciting, but <laughs> certainly wouldn't be as interesting.
0: All right. Interesting might be a better <laughs> word. <laughs> Although, you know, my son, when I say like, you're so excited, like in a negative way, he's like, mommy, I'm not excited. I'm upset. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sorry. You don't understand the, the duality of exciting <laughs> that you can be excited and excited. <laughs> you know? So that kind of excited, I guess, interesting is better for sure. And so, yeah, I mean, it's really what, when I I just have this in German, I currently have it, the Aware Parents, I I offered in German and in English so that my people in Europe Uh can join me as well on this journey. But I just learned that by having these communities come together, even though it's only one day a week for the beginning of the month, it creates this engagement and sharing where we realize that we're all in the same stuff, right? And that there is no one solution for all, but what it is is to keep checking in with yourself, keep coming back in and see how does that play out in my everyday and do trials and see what works, have conversations.
1: Your whole, your whole parenting journey is an experiment.
0: That's how I actually, when I had my, when I was pregnant, that's exactly what I told my husband. He's mm-hmm. like, it's an experiment. It's going to be an experiment. And he was like, You call our kid, child an experiment? I was like, What else is this? Do you know how it's <laughs> going to turn out? Nobody does. You know, we don't know. And so I've been actually, like you just said, it's been, in my foreground always it's an experiment i'm trying this out i'm gonna have conversation maybe this doesn't work maybe this is going to work maybe this works for one day maybe this works for a month who god knows you have these
1: you have these varying hypotheses yeah and then you test it out and then sometimes it works and then sometimes it doesn't work and then usually usually what i found is that it's like one, once you get sort of a, a developmental stage, you, you, you feel like, oh, okay, now I really understand this. Then they're on to the next one. And you're like, wait, I'm not ready for you to move on.
0: <laughs> when you immerse yourself into this experience, into this experiment in that way, you're also likely to be able to accept that journey Because Mm -hmm. when I'm present now with him, while he still wants me to be present in his life, I'll be okay, because it's a lot of energy, right? We're putting a lot of time into this. But once like teenage times comes in, and you probably can prove this. Well, after 13 years old, they don't want to hear a thing of you. Right?
1: Yeah. I I mean, it's like, it's like pulling (laughs) teeth now. Can we please just watch a movie together or something? They're like, really have to spend we'll time with you. I don't care. you know.
0: Exactly. So we really, this way, and that's what I just love about mindfulness being present so much is because we then can be okay when they don't want to spend time with us anymore. We then are okay because we spend so much attention in this particular moment that we accept every new situation arising and coming and going. And so it's not about, How we are conditioned and trained over years and years and years from our parents, from our grandparents, from the ancestors prior to the grandparents to just say, like, nobody said how something has to be just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean that's the right way. Right. Mm -hmm. But everybody has that way. We all have the issue of letting go. Because we're holding on to so many things that society is telling us. So if we can let go of what society is telling us, we're just focusing on our immediate family. What works for us, what doesn't work for us. And then, of course, if you're going out in the world, you follow those rules. You conform to what there is. But you're coming home again and you trust that what you're doing in here, how you're doing things, is just the right way you're doing it. You don't have to give explanations. You don't have to be apologetic. You can just be who you are, wherever you are in the end as well, because you know that even if you conform outside, you still are the same on the inside. You don't switch around back and forth because that's the stress that we're putting ourselves that we're trying to be something we're not. And when we come home, we, and that's what happens with children, right? They're coming home from school, and all of a sudden they're like crazy because finally they can release, release. all that conformity and like holding on, holding on. in holding the box, on. yeah. Exactly. Don't show up as you're somebody you're not. And then you come home and like, wow, <laughs> I can finally be myself. And I think we as parents hold that space, to acknowledge, okay, you just had a day where you followed all the rules. Not that we shouldn't have any rules at home, but right. to give a little bit more space to explore, to experiment, to just trust that here is what I can do, what I want to do, how I want to do it—at least for a certain period of time, you know.
1: I, I feel like that's a big part of this letting go and this sense of. This sense of control, you know, that we have this false sense of control, um, especially as a parent. Like, I can control what my kids say, do, how they act, da, 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 da. And it's like, of course, we want to help teach them to be good citizens in the world, you know, like to, to show up kind, helpful, uh, considerate, compassionate, um, <clears throat> figuring out how to resolve their own issues. But it's this, it's a real sense of, are you trusting in yourself? Are you trusting in yourself? How do I let go of the need to control external circumstances and external people? It's really more important to learn to, um, and I don't mean control in a way like I have to control my emotions. I'm, I'm just saying that, that the only person I'm really accountable to to and responsible for is myself. You know, I can be responsible to you and I can show up for you, but you have your own sense of agency and your own sense of what's good for you. Like what's meaningful for you. I mean, my kids, especially as teenagers, it's like they're making some choices that I don't really agree with or appreciate or, you know, it's like, um, have you thought about that? (laughs) Uh, and you know, it's like, I create my own life and I make my own choices. And so please help me understand your process. Like what your choices, what kind of experiences are you trying to create for yourself? Because everybody has to live their own life. You know, I can't live my life's kid for them. They can't live my life for me. Um, and it's this real struggle of how do you let go? How do you surrender? Um, and and how do you trust? How do you trust that each person uh, is doing what's right for themselves? And I think the most important part you
0: mentioned here is like, we, and especially in the time that we in through COVID, what happened with, you know, this trying to hold on to something that's not existing anymore like the past uh is to really that trust in ourselves and not trying to change things we can't change and use our and waste our energy on those things as for example having to wear masks or social distance or can't go to restaurants or can't do certain things, instead of getting all worked up about those things that we cannot, like literally cannot control, right? To just find a place inside ourselves that can reflect that what we're missing there. Because what we're missing is not going to the restaurant and having to wear a mask. It's just a show, it's just showcasing how it makes us feel less expressive Mm. in a place where we don't even need to express ourselves, meaning we don't even see how we haven't been expressing ourselves inside ourselves. And so to me, this time has showcased so much about the, the missing pieces that we have looked for outside,
1: outside ourselves.
0: Yeah. When all the answers, as you know, are inside ourselves, but we never ever had to do that because we always were able to distract ourselves continuously and constantly with whatever that is, right? Our cell phones, our work, our people, our friends, our families, this, that, mm-hmm. we can go all over the place. Mm-hmm. And when we ask someone, can you just sit on this chair for five minutes? We will go crazy because it's like, no, I can't. Cause I have to do this. I have to do that. My mind is going insane. And it's like, no, it doesn't.
1: <laughs>
0: you are right making in yourself... this moment. Yeah.
1: Right. In this moment, <laughs> sit your butt down. <laughs> but this this whole yeah. sense of acceptance, um, I feel is really challenging for most of us because yeah. it because it does start with this deep acceptance of yourself. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle because of all of the disconnection from your body, disconnection from your emotions, disconnecting from your heart, disconnecting from the people that you would actually like to give you support.. Um, you know, I'm fine. I can take care of it. I'll figure it out. And and to say like you need to figure it out, you have all the answers within. That doesn't mean that you you can't um, have conversations with people to help your own process. You know, I think this is what happens a lot too that people just say, "Well, I'll just figure it out," and then they sit in their angst, mm. right? They sit in their angst as opposed to knowing ways to create a sense of peace within themselves and a sense of um, clarity because I'm really connecting to my source and connecting to my own inner knowing, my own intuition, my own like internal guidance system of what's right for me.
0: Yeah, and I think what's also so relevant about that is to understand that it's not comfortable. Mm. It's not that we're trying to say it has to be joyful.
1: <laughs> no, because sometimes it's just a big pile of shit. Pardon me. Yeah. Yeah. It is, you know, it's a big fat mess. And you're like, how did I get here? And how do I get out? And what does it all mean? What is it trying to teach me?
0: And it refers back to how we started this conversation, right? Talking about emotions and and being expressive of them, and being vulnerable. And I think it it is first and foremost important that you are surrounded by people that you love, that are surrounded by people that support you no matter what, Mm -hmm. no matter how emotionally uh, emotional you get or vulnerable you get. And I think that's the first. Awareness that we should have before we tap into getting uncomfortable with them. Because if we are doing, if we're expressing our emotions in a non-safe place, then that could probably be more harm than good. So I think there is two sides
1: to... Or if you're expressing your emotions in a destructive way, that's not okay either. So both, both of those things are your responsibility to take care of You know, it's like, you can be angry, you can be um, rageful, you can be uh, extremely sad and feeling lonely and abandoned. And, but people, people tend to not be aware of what's going on inside of them. And then they still just react, you know, like it's, it's all put externally. Like if you hadn't, then I wouldn't. and that comes back to this place of self-awareness that your mindfulness it's like, what are these, what are these things that I'm feeling deep Mm -hmm. in my body that I feel so confused about? And I can't make sense of them, even though I have ultimately I have the answers in me, but what are these things trying to teach me about who I am? And, how I need to show up for myself and how I need to nourish myself and how I need to honor myself. Like what's really going on for me? What do I want and need and how can I do it in a way that breeds connection with the people that I love and that love me?
0: No. And I think it's just a practice it's something that you try again. We come back to the trial the and error. Experiment. The experiment.
1: <laughs> your life is a great experiment.
0: It is. It's not just our kids. It's all our entire lives is an experiment. And I think once again, it's like as long as you do it truly from your heart, when you truly believe that you did the right thing, no matter the outcome, no matter the response or reactions from other people, you can just say. I just did what I can do at my best ability Mm -hmm. and that's it. There's again, no excuses needed, no apologies needed. It is just what it is. And then we move on to the next. If that wasn't good enough, let's think about it together alone. How can I make this different? How could that be better? What can I change? Because a lot of times it's us like getting back to my son's experiences, right? It's like, I always ask myself, "What can I do differently to mm-hmm. make his experience better?" Right? Mm-hmm. Because it usually is something that I do that might not come across in a certain way. Maybe it's my conversation communication. Maybe it's me not getting, giving him enough time. Maybe it's me giving him too much time. You know, it's maybe it's you so not getting things. enough sleep. <laughs> maybe it's that. That's for sure one of them. <laughs> And so there's so many things that play a role that we yeah. have to consider. But if we're okay with things not going perfectly, letting go of perfection and just
1: being human. Yeah. Perfection is an illusion. It's an illusion for sure.
0: Oh, we, we go to illusion. We could talk another hour.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that can be, that can be the next conversation. All right, good. <laughs> yeah. because Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah this is um uh, this is the i I feel like everybody has these sort of expectations of how things should be, and it's like that's part of the acceptance that's part of the letting go that's part of the trusting in the process as mm-hmm. opposed to um as opposed to just seeking the destination
0: it truly the path, the journey all the you know the step that you're taking each day each morning each moment is the most relevant mm-hmm. on our path on our journey of life it like the end will be death so if you don't want it to be right around the corner go slow go steady and stay on your tracks and just focus on your path and not the destination
1: yeah Wow. This has been an amazing conversation. <laughs> okay, so how uh, my my question that I ask um every guest is how do you define real love? Cuz that's what that's what we're talking about. Real love
0: is Whatever your heart leads you to do
1: is real love. Mm. Even if I want to strangle my partner, or
0: <laughs> well, that's some type of love, you know. But I think if you go right into it, that might not be actually what you're wanting to do, right? What you're heart deeply your heart would want to do that might be the connection to your brain to your brain to your mind
1: to your your reptilian brain
0: (laughs) fight or flight (laughs) amygdala go (laughs) but if we truly connect to our hearts we only want good for others we only come from a good place we all want good for others but mostly for ourselves we just don't think it's worthy enough to give ourselves, but I think it truly, truly is just connecting with our hearts and really listen closely. Mm -hmm. What is it? Because we all are here to give in abundance.
1: As well as receive in abundance.
0: Yes. I just had this conversation about giving and receiving in the past few days where I realized that if we're giving without the expectation to receive, we will receive without actually receive, like wanting to receive.
1: With so the, without
0: me, the attachment. Without the attachment. Because if I'm just giving, which most of us do usually, without expecting anything in return. But only, and I just read this the other day, is like only when you true are willing to give you are able to receive.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay, Raditya, how can people get in touch with you?
0: Well, they can get in touch with me with me, either through my website, mindfulbeingllc.com, or by email, which is the same thing, mindfulbeingllc at gmail.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I respond to messages. I am not currently posting actively, but, you know, I am on there. I check and I'm engaging with people in many different ways. So this is mainly how you can get in touch with me. And as I mentioned, I have um, these workshops happening on a monthly basis. It's always the, usually the first three Tuesdays. And then I have Mondays and Thursdays. I have uh, weekly meditations from 8 um, till 8.15, 15-minute 15 meditations. In, it's Eastern time. Uh, Mondays and
1: Thursdays yeah. is is your parenting group in a Facebook group.
0: No, it's not. It's going to be okay. through zoom. It's like a different.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, I do so people can find a, out about that through your websites. Yes. Okay. Through my
0: website. I do have a group, <clears throat> Facebook group, which is kind of related to it, but it's not showing up much. On
1: okay. Okay. Um, okay. So People who are listening to this, I'm sure you have gotten so much wisdom uh, and inspiration like I have from Radhitsia. Uh, so please subscribe and share with anyone that you feel would benefit from this conversation because my mission is to help people uh, come to a place of deep acceptance and love for themselves, you know, so that they can show up and have the best relationship with themselves and create amazing, intimate and vulnerable, you know, honest and vulnerable relationships with others. So please sh- subscribe and share with your friends. And then remember this mantra that I say at the end of every podcast is the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself. So everything that you are talking about Raditya is always coming back to your full presence with yourself. So thank you for so much for sharing your beautiful presence with me today.
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm so happy we found each other.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too. I'm sure we are gonna have many, many more conversations. That
0: would be great. Thank you so much. So
1: thank you, listeners. Every day wake up to more and more real love. All right, take care. See you next time. Bye.
0: Subscribe to the Wake Up to Real Love podcast, leave five-star reviews, and of course, share with your friends. You can find Dawn on various social media platforms at Dawn Richard or at The Awakening with Dawn.